Guys, thanks for hitting download episode 90 the New Blood Rising podcast. And we're in season three. We're taking a look at ECW podcast. This week, we're looking at ECW's Living Dangerously 2000. We are now, what month is this? This is March. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. About um, something. Yeah, it's March. It's March 12th of 2000. We're going to be marching into the O'Neill Center in Danbury, Connecticut. I'm William Rankin, joined, of course, by Jason Keesler. That's how I escaped from space prison, yo. Charlie Stabile. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> and of course, back in the fold, Martin Dixon. Yes, hello. Thank you for for having me back after my two no-shows. Oh, man, it's good to have you back. It's always, uh, it's, what was, what's getting interesting now is now that we're in 2000, we're crossing over our season one. It's almost like we Back to the Future 3 this whole thing. And now, like, we've come full circle back to, like, where we were then. And it's funny because we're going to be seeing all these. Uh, I, do my, point... I do my podcasting before breakfast. <laughs> Seven o'clock. <laughs> what were you saying, Martin? At what, at what point do we careen a train off of a half-built bridge? <laughs> You're not thinking fourth dimensionally, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's that's what's crazy is, like, with some of the – and. God, I'll tell you this, between this show and the next show, there's so many notes about people coming in, going out, crazy things happening. That it's And it's hilarious because when you go back to season one, this is right in, like, the probably it is the most laughable year of WCW is WCW 2000. There is a chapter in the fall of WCW that's just called WCW 2000 because it is so <laughs> yes, there is. bad. It's quite a year. But um, it's exciting. All right, so let's get back into it. March 12, 2000. We said before, we're in Danbury, Connecticut. Uh, got around almost 3,400 people at this show. Let's dive into Colin Duff. Colin Duff did. He hit the streets this week. He did. And he hit the streets hard for Hardcore Heaven, too. The notes that I've got, I'm going to try and blaze through all this stuff as best I can and let you guys cut loose on the matches here. Um to give the lowdown, first, let's talk about absences. The big one, Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam suffered a broken ankle during a successful title defense against Rhino on January 29th at the Zuma Beach Club in Florida. He still won. <laughs> Van Dam's ankle <laughs> turned the wrong way during a baseball slide. Though he fractured his left ankle, Van Dam continued the match, even attempting a splash off a ringside fence. From the description, I imagine this was similar to Neville breaking his ankle against Chris Jericho last year prior to WrestleMania. Um, I have this this next part just entitled uh, "What Could Have Been" because on January 21st on ECW on TNN, Mike Awesome cuts an in-ring promo where he recaps what he has done to Spike Dudley and his girlfriend and calls himself the most awesome wrestler in the business today, which incites RVD chants from the crowd. Awesome continues, "I hold the ECW Heavyweight Title. That just happens to be the only title that matters in wrestling today. In fact, that must make me the whole fucking show." which brings out Rob Van Dam and Fonzie. RVD tells Awesome that he is confusing the RVD fans with the nonsense. Calls Awesome a big motherfucker, a, gr- <laughs> a great champion, and no matter how awesome he is at kicking, a- at kicking ass, he's just part of the show that he's just part of 
the show, which is RVD's whole fucking show. It's awesome. I just love reading that because I'm like, man, RVD really. I get it. I, I, yeah. I, I know. <laughs> All right. Awesome response by telling RVD that he has a puny little TV title around his waist, that he is the heavyweight champion of the world. Awesome then challenges RVD to try and take his belt away from him. And then um, RVD ch- accepts the challenge. But as soon as the bell rings, the lights go out. When the lights come back on, Sabu is in the ring with a chair. Fans start chanting three-way dance, but Awesome tells them to fuck their three-way dance and challenges Sabu and RVD to a two-on-one. Of course, that completely unravels because Sabu starts attacking Rob Van Dam. The match ends with RVD taking the same move he and Sabu used to do, but now it's Sabu and Mike Awesome doing the turnbuckle splash, leg drop combo, on a ta- on him on a table to end a show. Damn. I... <laughs> The reason th- there was there was there was more to that, and I just wanted to shorten it because I know we need to dive into the show. But the reason I, I I wanted to bring that up is because can you imagine if they had, if if tragedy the uh, tragedy, but you know relatively speaking, the tragedy of Rob Van Dam's the ultimate challenge. It, my God, that really would have been WrestleMania six just a decade later. It's so cool. Yep. All right. So other notable absences: Jerry Lynn also a uh, broken an ankle in January crazy spike he Dudley. really his career really did mirror rvds it really did mm-hmm. <laughs> spike dudley spike dudley injured his knee in the match with mike awesome at guilty as charged he's but lucky con- that's all of just his knee. Just say that's it <laughs> but continued wrestling for a few weeks before finally having to get surgery this put spike out of action for most of the year so uh there was one pre-show match it was mikey whipwreck who defeated pitbull number one hey, hey. there is a pitbull number one <laughs> <laughs> so the opening video of this thing is just interesting the, the seven deadly sins are explained to us by a sinister minister james vandenberg that's right and he's yep. not on the rest of the show no it's so funny so, so is he just sitting there the whole show just, <laughs> yep. as, as people piled in <laughs> say paul yeah, yeah, just I, I gotta take a shit man i'll be back <laughs> never comes back um it's very peculiar he goes over the seven deadly sins using ecw wrestlers uh we don't need to get into specifics of it it's all right like, i like the wrath no, joke no we do yeah because he mentions yeah. wrath but my favorite angle ever blood runs cold okay wcw ripped off mortal Kombat hard mm-hmm. now we've got but, uh, no go ahead no 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 no, 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 no it's go okay ahead, go i was gonna say sinister menace like it was like he just didn't look like he used to look like, but his fucking press-on nail game was on point. Yeah. Yes. I was just, like, captivated by his freaking nails. I'm just like, at first I just saw one. I was like, is that his cocaine nail? And then I saw, like, <laughs> both hands, and I was like, Jesus, this guy's, like, really committing to this bit. I always liked him. And it, like, he had a great costume. I loved his cadence and those little mannerisms with his fingers. Yeah. yeah. And he's going to help really change another wrestler yes. in a good, well, good way. Well, technically, too. Right. But, yeah. But, Mm-hmm. Um. So this show, I, I don't understand, and I think I made more than note hardcore heavy, but we can talk about it. Why we have to keep doing this every single episode of of or you think every Gertner would eventually learn his fucking lesson and get some backup, right? So you have Joey and Gertner in the ring. Joey's bit is interrupted by Cyrus. Gertner says he doesn't have to watch his mouth, and Cyrus doesn't have jurisdiction on an ECW pay-per-view production. Apparently not. Cyrus goads him into a fight, which Gertner then removes the neck brace to oblige. But Cyrus feigns surrender only to nail him with a beautiful super kick. My God. So I guess there's... Somewhere somewhere a young Nick and Mike Jackson take notes. Oh, there it is. (laughs) Nailed it. Um... 
So that eliminates Joel Gertner from it's the pay-per-view. Now we get our proper opening video, and then we come out of it. We've got Steve Carino and Jack Victory in the ring mocking Dusty Rhodes. So, uh, man, there is a lot to get to in this. All right, I'm gonna. It's like tr- some feed interference let, going on with this promo. Let me truck into this, and then when we get when we get into this here, uh, Jason's gonna lead us off talking about the match. So. Quick backstory, and I'm going to go through as quick as I can. ECW, January 14th, Dusty Rhodes and a partner of his choice versus Rhino and Steve Carino is announced for a future TV taping. A week later, Dusty saves Tommy Dreamer from an attack by Steve Carino and Jack Victory until Rhino attacks Dusty. The Sandman comes out to make the save by canning, or I like, I like, I, I prefer canning, I prefer canning <laughs> Rhino, but canning is what actually happened. A, uh, the next week, Steve Carino and Rhino beat Dreamer and some New Orleans Saints player <laughs> called Josh <laughs> jo- called Josh Wilcox when Wilcox turned on Dreamer with a chair shot. <laughs> Carino got the pen on Dreamer. Dusty saved Dreamer from a three-on-one attack by Carino, Victory, and Wilcox, finishing with dropping the bionic elbow on the football guy. <laughs> I love the way he calls him the, the football guy. February 4th, Dusty Rhodes and Tommy Dreamer beat Rhino and Steve Carino when Rhodes pinned Carino. Dusty was super over. Carino demanded to start the match with fat, old, disgusting Dusty Rhodes. (laughs) February 11th, Cyrus tells Dusty to get Heyman to get Raven out of the ring as they are both off. They are both office and are they're both about the office and about the network. Dusty tells Cyrus it is about the boys, not the network. Carino interrupts Dusty's promo, leading to Dusty attacking Carino, Cyrus, and Victory with elbows until Rhino attacks. Carino locks Dusty in the figure four when Inner Sandman starts playing. We cut to the Sandman in the aisle as the show goes off the air. He never made it. (laughs) (laughs) I I would save you, Dusty, but uh, we gotta go. Doc's ball's up next on TN. The night before Valentine's Day, Dusty Rhodes and Tommy Dreamer beat Steve Carino and Jack Victory in a street fight. On March 3rd, Steve Carino in-ring promo with Eric Watts. After bashing Milwaukee, the ref um, H.C. Locke stands up to Carino, but gets beaten down and bloodied. Carino then challenges Dusty Rose to face him in a bull rope match. He says that Dusty was the man who cut the brake line on Magnum T.A.'s car. Ooh! Oh, Jesus ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I love Don't that. you love Steve Carino? I know. He is so good. He is, he is punk. Oh, these he's, two shows. He's CM Punk 2000. Oh, man. Is really what it anyway. All right, no, so, no, 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 no. That's good. Uh, last thing, March tenth, Dusty Rose versus Steve Carino in a bull ratchet, bull rope bull match. Ratchet. Bull ratchet <laughs> is announced for living dangerously. So Shit. there we go. So honestly, our backstory is just a lot of just run-ins and all right. We'll do a we'll do a match. We the feud's not over. The feud just never ends. It seems like. But um, uh, let's just. He, I love the the stuff that Carino does here in the pay-per-view, just on the, the promo bit here, destroys the, the Connecticut crowd, including Sandman's wa- wife, the Sandwoman. Carino goes... <laughs> she does have that look on her face. You're right. I'm going to bite your dick. I'm going to bite it. Carino goes all in on her and her kid. Shut up, you little <laughs> bastard. Sandman is not even your dad. <laughs> uh, she decks him, and he calls her a whore. Carino puts her in the ring. Rhino and Victory hold her while Carino goes on about the size of his dick. Sandman attacks from behind, but Sandwoman eats a spear into a table from Rhino. Jesus Christ. It is uh, yep. gorgeous. Yeah. That, uh, it, gorgeous? It, it, well, no. no. Uh, uh, oh. Uh, 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 
She <laughs> takes it. Tread carefully on this one. She takes it like a champ, man. The Danbury security team hits the ring immediately, and the Sandman <laughs> carries, her, carries her away asking for the kids. Crano gets back in the ring and back on the mic, thankfully, and goads Dusty Rhodes to come out. Dusty makes his way out with a bull rope, so let's dive into this match finally. Jason, dude, I'm so glad that you get to lead off this because I know you were looking forward to this. Tear into it. Well, first of all, Dusty Rhodes' ECW music will kick your ass. That's good. It's good. That image of Dusty, like, you know, you, you, you think of Dusty and the WWE has conditioned you to think of that Common Man song, which, you know, it's great. It fits him. But you still go to polka dots and and jokes and baby. And this is like Dusty Rhodes was an ass kicker for a long time. And this just, that music and just seeing him come out in the jeans, in the shirt, it just got me ready. Especially after Steve Carino just, you know, attempted to rape a woman uh, right, in, right in front of a bunch of stuff. Living and so if, if Sandman's wife's last name is Fullington, does that make him Sandman Fullington? <laughs> It's yeah, pretty good. I like it. It's I an like interesting it. tax return. That's <laughs> <laughs> what's on the ten fortunes would be canes. Nothing canes. but canes. It's and part beer. of my my occupation. I should have it's a deduction. It's part of my occupation. <laughs> Terrible Whoa. accent. Whoa. I don't know. Is that the Sandman? That's the Sandman. <laughs> we don't know it. Hey, uh, I, uh, I use a whole lot of beer for work. Can I deduct that? Just Sandman with a TurboTax commercial in twenty seconds. Awesome. Dude, I would mark out so much, especially with a flaming table in the background. <laughs> now, before I really get into the match, a uh, little fan watching for the for the episode. Right on hard cam, the front row, there's a, I just noticed like this kind of disheveled looking man in a plain white shirt with a W on him. And then I realized that his two sons are next to him with an E and C on it. Yes. So let's pay attention to the father who makes poor decisions for what his children get to go see. First of all, we've already had an attempted rape. A uh, man calls a woman a whore. A woman is basically murdered in front of everybody with that gorgeous gore, as Charlie put it. And now we're getting ready to see a match that I was very, very excited for, which turns out to be punch, punch, let me gouge you with this bell, drop a bionic elbow, one, two, three, it's over. I hated this. Yeah. There's, I wasn't, this, I wasn't high on it two, yeah, This match has two moves, walk and brawl. Um, yeah. I, the, thing, the thing I hate is that they go for blood. They go for all the things. They take away, like, when you do blood... Right off the bat, it kills it later on for when someone else wants to get blood. Right. You know yep. what I mean? Like, that's a big... I always heard, like... And granted, like, this is purely speaking from a fan point of view, not so much from somebody uh, who is in the wrestling business, but from what I've always heard from guys in the wrestling business is you have to respect the other people on your card. So, like, if you got a big rivalry match later... And this is... Like, don't get me wrong. This has got some heat to it. But we're talking, like... You know, you've got something later on that's got a, a lot of good heat behind it. They're going to need... a. Um, not only a good gimmick in there, but they're going to need probably get some get some juice, do something like that. You don't want to take it away from by doing it in the first match. Right? They're breaking. They're. I mean, they do everything in this match. They do the entire pay per view in one match, and that's what I hate yeah. about well, this the most. Dusty he tries to maim Steve Carino by putting the bull rope on his arm mm -hmm. and just like yeah. breaking his arm. I, I I thought that was an interesting choice. That was a good choice. Yeah. What was impressive though is that this cowbell is fifty pounds, according to Cyrus. I want to know how big are the fucking cows in Canada that Cyrus is trying to get us to think that this 
bulky. This bell is 50 pounds. Weighs as much as the WCW title. Right, cows. (laughs) This was a gimmick they tried with John Tenta, and it just didn't take off. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, so I I definitely agree with Jason. Martin, do you have anything else? I know you said it was basically two moves. Do you have anything else to add to it? Those two moves were done exceptionally well, and Dusty still has a certain presence and aura around him. The problem being that it's kind of washed away. You get the feeling that, you know, Dusty Rhodes in ECW should be a bigger deal than they make it out on the, on this show. Um, the only other thing I've got in my notes, because of it, it being so just, you know, of a brawling match, is that Jack Victory looks like a mid-transformation between the Sandman and Dusty. He does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> I think I thought about that. you've got that the Sandman, mm-hmm. blonde hair, relatively slim. Then you've got Jack Victory. Older, <laughs> blonde hair, heavier frame, and then you've got Dusty. Wow, it's a progression and, photo. Yeah, <laughs> it's reverse DDP yoga. You got anything out of this, Charlie? Like, I really like the bionic elbow uh, that he drops yeah. at the very end. I mean, it yeah. looks great. Other than that, it's it's pretty brutal, but it's um, like blood. Like like we were talking about when you when you do blood in a match, it should be done. Either later on in the match, or just really not at all. It, like if you start with blood, where do you, where can you go from there? Right. I always think of Steve Austin and Bret Hart at thirteen. Like right. it comes at just the right moment. Right. Like this is actually starting to get personal. And I think it would have helped this match more to do it a little bit later. And not only that, but the placement on the card, the match probably should have come later. Right. Like you're you're you got Dusty Rhodes. Right. Like arguably yeah. like either the number one or number two guy from the NWA days, and you're having him lead off with Carino. Not right. n- not knocking Carino. I, this guy is actually He's really proving up. himself. Yeah. Yep. Like hardcore. And Carino, another thing I love the image of. It reminded me of Ric Flair. Blood and Carino's Dude, blonde the, hair. Uh, the next man. The next yeah. show looks so good yeah. on Steve Carino. Yeah. It, it's I, I have mixed feelings about it, but overall I. I, I wanted more. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. They spent an entire film reel in the crowd. Like, a yeah. solid... It felt like 20 yeah. minutes in the crowd. All right, ratings. Jason, kick us off. What did you rate this? Two. Gotcha. Out of, out of 10? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Martin, how about you? Like that, I'm factoring in a lot of disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. Martin, how about you, man? Yeah, it, it was fun to see Carino and Dusty. For about a minute, and then after that, it just settled into this low hum of nothing. So I've had to go for a three. Gotcha. I'm at a three as well. Charlie, how about you? Four. Okay. See, I'm trying I get to... That. I get why oh, you could give it a four, because I, I originally had to... five. <laughs> well, wow. Well, talking about then, that... Oh, go, go ahead, Martin. He said he had a five. I was going to say, I originally had five, but then as the rest of the show went on, it, it nullified this one. I was about to say, you went from a five to a three. Um, yeah. Who was it that tweeted about too many tens oh no was i think Colin? he said so many tens <laughs> he said so many tens. so many tens you know i was like not for me no <laughs> I, I stand by the tens i stand by those coming out of the coming out of this one here joey and cyrus tell us that they have an update on the sand woman who is on her way to the hospital some which i thought i wrote some update she's just on her way to the hospital <laughs> crack work <Thanks> fellas <laughs> well will the, the question becomes will sandman compete against rhino in the tv title tournament no nah. all right in the locker room it's little guido getting built up by sal in a promo that is poorly mixed with the music in the arena i hate i, I hate when they do that you know they just you can never get this that wouldn't right. be this complicated right to do something like this right 
Maybe it's part of the charm. Maybe they do it on purpose. It's a hell of a lot better well, watching on the network, which we can talk oh, about. Yeah, later. yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that and they they started bleeding a pre-tape promo during Steve Carino's promo. I know. Yeah, that I was, wrote that, that too. Was I, was like, interference. I was like, "Who's coming in on the VO here? What is this?" Uh, uh. So that sets up our. We got our next match here: Danny Doring and Roadkill are going up against. From the New Dangerous Alliance, C.W. Anderson and Beautiful... Is it Billy Wilde? It's Billy. Billy Wilde. I had to cross out Bobby. I kept wanting to say Bobby as well. <laughs> All right. The the backstory here, I, I tried to trim this just to keep it succinct here, but Doring and Roadkill, they, they've won a lot of matches uh, in the build-up here. they're good. They are. They've been also uh, cutting promos about being the future tag team champions, so it seems like they're on the rise. It seems like Elektra is really having a good effect on on Dasserly. She's having Danny a good Doring. effect on everybody. Oh, I think so. <laughs> So uh, that puts us now with Charlie. Mm. You get to dig into this one next. So let's talk about this match. This is fun. I like this. Uh, it's yeah, I, Billy Wilds. I, I don't. I don't have much to say about him. But I've always been a fan of C.W. Anderson. I, the guy's got a great old school style. Danny Doring and Roadkill are, are so compelling to me, at least, because I have no idea why they're together, and they don't even bother to tell us why. Uh, they're two completely different gimmicks, but they they complement each other really well. Uh, we get an, an unforeseen Electra heel turn. I, I I still don't even fully understand, but I got my attention. Love C.W. Anderson's Spine Buster. Oh, yeah. I, I'd put yep. that as my number two after Arns. I, mm-hmm. it, there's a, a, fluidity, a, a fluidity to his movement that I just love. It's a good match. I really enjoyed it. Um, probably give it... Eh, I'd probably give it a six out of ten. It's a, it's a good tag match. Uh, geez, or Martin, what are your comments on this? What do you think of it? I I actually liked it. It was a an honest to god good solid tag team match. Um, this is the first time I've seen the New Dangerous Alliance. Really like them. Not hundred percent sold on Louis Dangerously as a gimmick. It's not going to get better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, and I forgot to. Look up. Is C.W. Anderson actually an Anderson, or is that just a gimmick? It's um, it's like a six degrees of separation kind of relationship with Arn Anderson. Yeah. Ah, right. Well, um, well being, a, being an Anderson in wrestling is the white version of being an Annoy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Anderson clan. Very yeah. true. Very true. Um, yeah, honest to God. Um, I mean, the, the Electra heel turn was a bit lost on me, because I know knowledge of Electra or any real <laughs> any real feelings towards her. But it gets the uh, the new dangerous lines over his heels. So uh, um I, I actually went for a seven. I thought the action was kinda cool on this one. One thing that's really cool here, like it because I clearly they're setting up Electra to be the Medusa of this dangerous alliance, but that's really cool because in mythology you have Medusa mm-hmm. and then you have Electra too. They're both characters in in mythology it's kind of nice neat pull, oh yes I'm like, man man god dang that was a seven step drop and i saw the receiver head in the end zone i was like god dang keep going bomb it jason what are your comments on this match um can we stop with the upskirt shots i mean no it's great and all but but i mean it's it's what makes it worse is the salacious narration that yes. cyrus and joey both like to give yeah. uh and also one of my favorite things is like right when that uh that old lady just grabs danny doring for the lip lock on the way to the ring 
and it just cuts and Electra's pulling him off, and you see her go, "What the fuck, man!" Which was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, she's getting in the ring right when the camera is going over for a shot. Joey's like, "Just want to take this time to remind you, we got some half naked pictures of Electra." Yeah. You know, not even just saying go take it some look at some pictures of her i mean like he just turned to a 13 year old who found a magazine in the woods uh, <laughs> you still to this day i don't understand i, I it never happened to me I, I don't know how porn wound up in the woods but and why you would pick it up if Alex, it's, but why not it's true um i mean don't this match was <laughs> well you don't know what's touched that horse Ugh. Brad Maddox might have been there, but that, that man is an American God, you, treasure. You can tell when we recorded this, can't you? <laughs> he was he was inducted uh, two nights ago, wasn't he? Oh, I, I, <laughs> he I, I it's like, some some special Hall of Fame. Black guy and a white guy on the same page. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. Be proud. <laughs> uh, I was just more going for. That's why they had to give out all new. They gave out all four or all three of the belts, and NXT got redesigned because of what he did. Yeah. Um, oh my God. Yes, I forgot about that. Thank you. So the match itself, I mean, it's fun. Like, it's it's a good good tag match, like everyone said. You know, it's like, oh, no, heel turn by a woman in ECW. What a surprise. And it's just kind of, eh. But, I mean. I think all the women are heels now. Yeah. Except Jazz. (laughs) Yeah, except for Jazz and Mrs. Sandman. Um, So... (laughs) That face is a heel, I'll tell you. <laughs> I was I was gonna make a joke, and I'm so glad I stopped myself because it, it would have not been not been good, um, in a different way than most of my jokes are not good. So the match itself, as I said, it, it it's it's good. I like seeing Danny and Roadkill again. It's like that weird anti chemistry that works um, as far as persona, and the crowd the crowd loves them some overkill. A road, road kill, not overkill. Shit. That's uh, what his splash should be called. They are just ready to watch this dude fly. I like C.W. Anderson. Like, I like his little C.W. gangsta sign he throws up. Yeah. I was like, good. That's good, little fat white guy. Do that. Um, it's cool. Like, I like how they just call out sign guy being Louie. I mean, I know it is, but just come on. bite. Like, let's pretend it's not. Don't, yeah. you know. You see, they're too busy. The commentary is so busy trying to show how inside they are and how they're like, we're not going to mess with you, even though our show is nothing but pure fucking chaos all the time. We're not going to lie to you, bullshit. Just, just let it be wrestling. Um, I gave this match a five. Five, okay. I gave, mine, I gave it a seven. Did I say that already? No. Okay. No. Nope. gave it a seven. No, I thought it was solid. Definitely solid. It was a, it was a nice pick-me-up from that, uh, that Dusty Carino stuff. All right. Um, shifting gears now. Impact players are backstage promising they are coming out of the pay-per-view as two-time champs. Yep, so apparently, we'll get into it. It's an ent- What a backlog of story that's going to be to dig into. Why they're going... <laughs> I, I do not envy you having to read that out. I don't... I, I'm telling you, what Colin goes through to put these together, like, I read... When I read through them initially, I'm like, good God, man. I'm beginning to think he's watching more of this than we are. I think he is. Yes. Well, he clearly knows more about it than we do. I mean, I, I that's why or I was like, I why don't why don't you come help us then? Because we're not <laughs> we could use it. But um, <laughs> all right. So now we have Tom Marquez and Mitch accompanying Simon Diamond to the ring. I kind of like his music, by the way. It's, I bought the song the other day. You uh, did it's on iTunes. Yeah. Nice. What well, is it? It's it's called uh, Simon Says by uh, an all female grunge band called Drain. Nice. It's yeah. Yeah, Drain STH. Drain STH, yeah. And it's a damn good song. Very, she, 
Yeah, she was married to Tony Iommi for a while. Oh, oh nice. nice. A little cradle robbing going on there. <clears throat> so that's... Uh, so just follows here. It sets, we're supposed to get up or get to see Simon Diamond versus Kid Cash, but Simon Diamond says he has a problem, to which Judge Jones confirms from the ramp, which brings out Mike Awesome, who says he's going to make things real fucking simple. It's either life or death. Can you explain this to me, what, what exactly the plan is here? Why does Mike Awesome want them to leave his ring? Like, what, what's what's he going to do? I don't know. Like, I th- Part of the stuff I had, um, when I was trimming down the stuff at Mike Awesome and RVD and all that stuff, like, Awesome had some some other run-ins. Like, he destroyed Spike Dudley again and again. Masato Tanaka, I believe, he defeated again. Like, he he's really been, like, they getting some primo stage time. Oh, like, really domin- like, dominating everybody. And it's not even people just at the top. Like, he's finding people to kill in the mid-card as well. It would have been great if he could have fought Undertaker. That's the one, man. Yeah. What at, By the end of the show, we're gonna, or the end of this, this season... We should go through and create like the true Attitude Era WrestleMania. Oh yeah, and that is that is one of the matches. Because this Mike Awesome is borderline terrifying. Yes, like, like what yeah. he can do in the ring. I, I mean, I'd buy a house if he was trying to sell me a house. I'd be like, "Yep, just uh, signature yep. there, pal." Well, I could do the black I could do the backspash myself. I'm not paying fifteen grand for it. And Mike Awesome, just Mike Awesome, you go. Okay, I'll pay for it. I'll pay the backsplash. <laughs> so, um. Uh, Diamond just bails on the on. I love yeah. I, I love the way he bails. Just, yep, that's I'm, all I need. That's. <laughs> but uh, Kid Cash attacks and is instantly suplexed out of the year two thousand. Like Dude. it does, uh, it's just <laughs> destroyed. So we have a match. It's Mike Awesome now against Kid Cash. So uh, Martin, take us away, sir. Tell us about this uh, interesting this heavyweight is, championship match. I guess this I is brief know. and very 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 brutal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> basically Kid Cash dies a thousand deaths mm. at the hands of Mike Awesome he does manage a dive into the crowd uh, onto Mike from the ropes and he does manage some kind of weird angels wings type move on uh, on Judge um, but that's about it oh he gets a hurricane round as well but then an awesome bomb off the top through a table <laughs> that's that's all you need to know that's right. all you need to know about this match awesome bomb from the top rope through a table from a guy a guy that's Mike Awesome to a guy that's Kid Cash yeah. <laughs> it's and not only is this an Im- sickening is this an impromptu match but apparently it was for the ECW title because the yeah. announcer comes like your winner and still ECW champion Kid Cash has got a title match that's awesome <laughs> I mean uh also, throw in your grade, Martin. What did you put for this? You think? Uh, I actually gave it a six. Okay. It was, it was a, a squash match straight out of fucking wrestling challenge, but it was a fun one. Jason, do, what do you have to add to that? Um, the, what was the line that uh, Mike Awesome said was "Get out of my ring and live, or stay in this ring and die." Yeah. That's fucking it. cool. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like it. It's crazy. I'm too bad he stayed in the ring himself, but. What we got is when Kid Cash does that that dive to him out in the crowd, and Mike Awesome's like super selling. And I think part of it's like he nailed his kidney like with a chair because he looks legitimately hurt for a little bit. And that fat guy with the McDonald's will make the change for you sign just sitting right there in Mike Awesome's face. I'm just laughing because it's like it's like this is the best ad ever. This guy looks like he just ate a bunch of McDonald's. Great. Um, it was very very 
very harsh. I don't want to reuse Martin's words, brutal, but it was harsh. It's like this poor kid and Joey and Joey's like, what if he beats Mike Awesome? I'm like, let's not even pretend that that's an option. We, we kind of know that's not going to happen. Um, my only note on the match itself is don't go on the top rope when the guy you're facing has a top rope finisher. Oh, yeah. Not yeah, going to end that well. coming. Right. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's like doing the 10 count punch to Undertaker. Yeah. Uh, Dude, what are you yeah. doing? Especially like Undertaker in the year 2000, 2001. Don't oh. do that. Well, yeah. you never yeah. do a 10 count punch. What makes you think yeah. it's going to work this time? Oh, I'm. But, <laughs> but I'm saying like it would be like Edge doing it. Like, what the hell are you doing, Adam? <laughs> What's the one thing I was concerned, super concerned for Kid Cash more than normal is when Mike Awesome lays him on the table and he's kind of at the bottom third, I guess, the table where like if Mike Awesome jumps yeah. on him, he's just going to impale with those legs. I'm like, dear God, no. I, w- I was like, oh, thank God. Kid Cash starts wiggling. I'm like, way to sell yourself back up where you need to be. Oh, you're going to get up. And I was like, oh, this isn't going to end well. Um, I-, I gave this a six. Okay, nice, nice. I, Kid Cash is bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll give him this. I, I've always liked Kid Cash. He puts on a good show. Yeah, like like he's got some cool offensive moves that he does or that he tries to do. But Mike Awesome is just I, this is stiff. This is a, he he works stiff, and I, I appreciate that. And as as far as I know, like, if you look at the awesome bomb that he does off the top through the table, because they replayed a couple times, and I was like, good, because I don't want to rewind it. I actually want to see how he did it. He doesn't slam him down. He just kind of lets him down. Because I guess yeah. all the momentum that you're ever going to need to break that table is going to be there because you're coming off the top rope. That right. table's going to break. Yeah. So I think that was nice of Mike Awesome to not just dick Kid Cash through that table. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's it, This match is it's okay. It's a... It's a squash match. There is no other word for it. It is brutal. Like Martin nailed it with that. Um, it, it got its point across, but it still showcased Kid Cash in a way that they, because he attacks Mike Awesome. Yeah. That's how the match starts. Yeah. So it's like, oh, this kid's got balls. So I like what it does for both guys in a way. It's like, okay, this guy can take a beating, but at least, at least he can put up a fight uh, to do so. And it makes Mike Awesome just look like the devastating force that he was. In ECW and as ECW champion, yeah, I give it a five. five? I, I wish they had more time. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, I think I, I was at a six. I th- I thought it again it was this was a I love squash matches that are built like this. Yeah, it's very well done. You know, instead of twenty two seconds uh, for Goldberg squashing somebody, like this guy actually gets off a couple moves and like doesn't like legitimately like doesn't damage Mike Awesome, but he kind of has him reeling for a moment, a brief brief moment. Well, it's like the neat. it's like the squash match he had with Spike Dudley at Guilty as Charged. Yeah. That is probably my favorite squash match ever. And it's Spike like main event. To fight. It is the main event and it's really one of the best matches that we've seen on the show. Yeah. But Which I also gave a 10, I think. I gave it a 9, but um, I I wouldn't argue with that. Here's a question for you guys. Do you guys know if this ever happened like did Brock Lesnar and and Mike Awesome ever cross paths in Japan? Maybe at the drive-through. But... but you know what I mean, like because I, I, I know they're both they both did Japan, and Mike Awesome passed in 07? Yeah, that's when yeah. he died. Yeah. So like See, the problem was Mike Awesome used to work for all Japan, and Brock's Japanese matches were only for New Japan and something there called the is. IGF. I got you. All right, that's why you're here, Martin. See, I yep. <laughs> keep when you, straight. When we were talking about Undertaker, I was like, the only other one I would want to see is Brock against Mike Awesome, because my 
God. Jesus. The I irresistible mean... force meets the irresistible force. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It's a juggernaut bit of match. <laughs> so after the match, Jazz, like, I mean, as soon as... It's Jazz! <laughs> every, every fucking time she comes out, I'm like, it's Jazz. <laughs> Is, is attacked by Simon Diamond's henchmen uh, Gato and Jado. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which brings out Nova and Chetty. And that launches into our next match here. So, as uh, Martin led off with the last oh, one, that no. puts us back up top. Jason, take us away with Nova Chetty versus Gato and Jado. So, how many people have henchmen in the ECW? Everyone. You need an entourage. I mean, no, honestly, I mean, the only one who doesn't have one is Gertner. And he needs it the most. <laughs> True. It's so like Jesus, and some of these people just have tons of, of of henchmen too. It's like it's it's cartoonish. It's quite almost. a payroll. What was that? I said it's quite a payroll. Like if you think about it, yes, Heyman's got to pay well, all these guys. Well, and some of them he didn't. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's true. I mean, Simon Diamond did used to be a corporate executive for PepsiCo, as they like to tell us when he was on the way to the ring the first time. Simon has uh, a problem. Yeah. yeah. So my, it's just more chaos. It's like here's another impromptu maybe match because two guys are beating up on Jazz, and then here come Chetty and Nova, um, which I'm glad to see them. I was a little worried that they weren't in the first two matches of the pay-per-view. I'm like, oh, God, are they gone? Is Chetty hurt again? Um, I had Nova's super shiny Venom shirt in the year 2000. Um, I was a lot skinnier then, so stop laughing, Charlie. Because you couldn't see, from... <laughs> 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 see it from space. Um, again, it's more Nova just looking good. Now they're not... Uh, well, generally they're both on the same page as, as kind of promoting and, and trying to put Nova over. And then now Cyrus is putting him down he's like he's such a mark for his own moves that's what's messing him up um didn't didn't really like that there's the great comment they've been a team for about a year minus six months yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know I'll put that on the resume was, like yeah. i've been working there for about three years minus two and a half you know yeah <clears throat> Impressive. I was out with back injury the whole plus time. Or minus two and a half. Um, plus. <laughs> so uh, I like how it's still a story with Chetty's back, and it looks like he legitimately hurts it because he starts walking that that weird walk, which is I don't think you can fake that particular way where it looks no. like just half of your back stops working. Um, and they get the tidal wave, and it's good to see it. You know, it's like that. Uh, that move is still really awesome. I wish someone would do that today because it doesn't look like it's too dangerous. And yep. people, it makes the crowd to see, you know, you see two of these guys on the same team get on the same turnbuckle. You're like, oh, what's happening? And <laughs> and it's so good. So I gave this a four. Okay. Jason gave it a four. So, Charlie? Yeah, so they, they continue to make a story about uh, Chris Chetty's back. I think there's a, a, a new story developing involving Chris Chetty's front. Uh, he seems to have put on a couple of pounds, and uh, did he go to the McDonald's? I think I think he did. I think he, he got did. the new Grand Mac uh, a, a couple two of times. <laughs> two of them, exactly. And it, it he, just... did, he didn't go for the KFC golden chicken. Yeah. <laughs> Woo, crispy! <laughs> uh, and it, all I could think about was how, for the tidal wave, they should probably just switch positions because Chris Chetty should definitely be doing the splash part now. 
Yes. Uh, yeah, I've just I've just realised the guy doing the the guy with the knackered back he's doing the leg drop. Yeah, exactly. He's just he's doing the leg drop, and I think the bigger guy doing the splash would be more effective. Uh, my favorite part of the match by far is Cyrus confusing Jim Molino with with John Finnegan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Joey no sold it, but I just thought it was hysterical because I always get those two confused. Uh, and Cyrus works there. So, um, God, I didn't even rate this. Uh, it, it was, <laughs> so it's, I don't know. It's okay. It's okay. It's cool to see Nova and Chetty, um, especially after Chetty's problems. I'd, I'd give this a four. Okay. Martin, do you have anything to add, man? I really like this. Oh, you did? Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's just the fact that it's, it's Gato and Jado. Um, That's what it is. Because bizarrely, I was watching a match that they had this year. They're still wrestling as a team in uh, in Noah. Um, yeah, and this, it was just some really good, crisp moves. And Nova look, looks amazing in that weird you know, black spider suit get-up. <coughs> Excuse me. So, yeah. I thought this was great. I actually gave it a seven. All right. Jesus, man. Well, now I can't wait to hear your opinion. Here. I gave it a Mr. three. I, oh, my God. I gave it a three, and because I thought I, I felt bad I felt bad for Chetty, but he looked sloppy. He looked, well, he he looked well, out of shape. Well, to his credit, he's, he, he looked you know. badly out of shape. Um, I, I completely get it. Your back hurts. Maybe we should stop doing run-ins with you in other pay-per-views where you can't, where you can't where you're not allowing well, your back to heal. Did he do a run-in on one of the last pay-per-views and injure himself? Th- again? That's what that's what I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> is it really necessary? Because like you're not even really a part of the match. You know, like I felt bad because like this team is so good. They are. And Nova's more than pulling his weight. He's also pulling Chetty's extra pull weight. weight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> money, money. So yeah, it was just I I kind of feel bad because like I I feel like with the tag teams are really coming together. It's the tag team division is like ECW, the one thing that's coming. To, it's actually on the upswing. ECW has a very interesting uh, roster right now. Yeah, yeah, like like. I, 2000 uh, WWF tag team was like one of the best eras for tag yeah, teams. Yeah, ECW yeah. isn't. It's not far off no, from having a lot. No, it's really not. And I mean, especially when you consider the fact that there are no more Dudley boys. Right. Who ran it. Yeah. But that was what was crazy. Like It's such an ebb and flow thing. Like, when the Dudley boys were on top, there was no other tag teams. Like they were, That's true. That's why they were the champions like but 30 times. you just times. wanted to see them lose those belts so much. Right, you know? to anybody. Any, just, it doesn't just matter who New Jack, get a buddy. Get yeah, Denzel's buddy. Been... Wait, you're Denzel's buddy. Get get another buddy. You know I mean? Get Spike. <laughs> it could have been, been Chris Benoit and... Bruiser Brody. Well, yeah, Bret Hart. Bret Hart teams up with New Jack. I, don't know, I guess I'll do it. I'll do it. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what a partnership! Bret Hart and New Jack. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. How does this work? This is this is Freebirds two thousand right here. Yeah, right. I want to see Bret Hart come out to the ring to New Jack's song. I want to see him come out as the new fabulous Freebirds. <laughs> Man. <laughs> to take on the new dangerous alliance. Fred the One of these is not like the other. <laughs> they come out to Ebony and Ivory. <laughs> no, but Brett's singing it. Ebony Ivory. <laughs> get, get, uh, who is the, who is Men on a Missions, uh, dude? Oscar? Oscar. Get him to be the new Jim Cornette. Get him to be Did the Jim Cornette. Did you hear how he got hired? 
Oh yeah, it's he, awesome. That is hiring stories. It's insane. great. Yeah, I heard that not too long. It'd be great. But um, all right. So you don't think we should tell the audience? Oh, okay. So he was like a big wrestling fan, and he went up to Vince, and uh, he just started freestyle rapping to Vince. And Vince was like, "Hey, pal, that's pretty good. Here's my card." And and then the guy called Vince, and Vince, oh, I remember you. You're hired. <laughs> Based on a free rap or, or freestyle. What a, you know. Free rap. Whoa. <laughs> oh, I'll kill you. I swear. Oh. <laughs> so Louis Dangerously is very satisfied with the night so far. Electra has animosity for Paul Heyman. Because he didn't help her when she was a nobody. This apparently is, he did. <laughs> she I, works here. This this is this promo is brutal. It is brutal. She also says Danny Doring was a little boy, and she thinks Roadkill is jealous because his tits are bigger than hers. Fair. <laughs> this was terrible. I mean, this it's was, pretty bad. Um, yeah, it's, bad. it's it's a car wreck. Her least yeah, fun fact. Out of morbid curiosity, because of the very, very suggestive way she jacks off the phone, yeah. I was like, I wonder what made it onto the network for this. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so I go jerking it. off the cane the whole time. You know, I don't know how yeah. you're going to edit that out. Uh, so when you've got, uh, she's sitting there and, and she does her whole bit and they edit tits. They bleep the word tits. But then they keep her just jacking that freaking phone <laughs> off. Dope. <laughs> yeah, I was like laughing my ass off. It's like, look, you put the warnings up. I get it. You know, maybe you're getting rid of some of the, the super offensive racial stuff that ha- pops on, up. Hang on. They bleep out the word tits, but yet the, the network one that we watched for the other show, they leave fucking. Yeah. yeah, I had to check to make sure I was watching the right thing. I was like, "Wait, a minute. Is, is is this the network?" <laughs> well, that's crazy. I was just—it was just morbid curiosity, and I was like, "Well, it shows their priorities. No bad language." I, I found episodes of Nitro um, that still had commercials in on um, the network. network. Yeah, yeah. What? When they first put when they first put the first one hundred things when I was doing. Um, Clinton years, one of the January oh. ones still had commercials in it. You know, like, who, oh God, pal, like you know who would, you know who wouldn't leave commercials inside of the nitros? Oscar. <laughs> Oscar wouldn't leave them. <laughs> Get him on the phone. So, what kind of commercials were they? Seen eight miles. It was like it, I think there was a commercial for Mentos. Oh, <laughs> the fresh. Um, some, I think it might have been Texaco or something like that. <laughs> and it wasn't like they were sponsoring bits of Nitro. They were actual commercials. Gas stations run commercials? Do they really need to promote the fact that you need to buy gasoline? Well, remember, remember, like, this is when gas was, like, it was, com- like, it was so low and it was competitive. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's, it was a, diff- it was a different era. I don't understand. They sell those little toy trucks. But yeah. <laughs> it's a different time. It was before all gas stations were about. We're America, where they wouldn't talk about gas. It's just all this patriotic yeah. nonsense. And remember, remember the BP thing. I think also kind BP of probably did, changed. Yeah. Remember, no, remember the, the BP the oils. The oil. Maybe we need to reevaluate yeah. why we're <laughs> doing our promos. Sorry. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same voice for all. Oh. <laughs> 
Oh, oh! I, I love to lead off with that. That's one of my favorite. Like when I'm when, when, I'm, when I'm sorry, Martin. That's incredibly disrespectful. I apologize. It makes me think of ACDC TNT. I know. Oh, yeah. Just, just lead off everything. Oh, yeah. look, don't, look! Don't get him rolling on his New Zealand slash Australian. He'll start telling you about the Razorback. The movie is phenomenal. Razorback. It's just a, it's a giant pig that we'll never see except in close-ups. Because we don't have the budget to show the whole, whole thing. thing. Who directed that? Uh, John Tenta. I'm just kidding. <laughs> there is a gimmick. Just Russell Razorback. First of, all, first of all, the director's chair to hold John Tenta. It's amazing. Does it still say earthquake on it? it earthquake crossed out an avalanche. Crossed out shark. <laughs> and not a crossed shark. Out Golga. Golga. <laughs> Cross out. Cross just, out. Just Talk John. about. Wait, wrong guy. Wrong guy. Just, just John. <laughs> just, just John. Just Is that John. when he goes Ray Trailer on everyone? Just, yeah. right, I'm just. I'm just me. Well, yeah, he did that in WCW. He cuts a promo where he asks Gene to, cut, to to tell the world he's a man, not a shark. And that's a quote. I am not an animal. <laughs> I'm a man, not a clearly. Oh, man. Look out, it's people. just John. All right, so let's talk about this World Television title tournament because oh, God, yeah. we're about to start getting into more of the tournament of that. So let's talk about how we got to this point. On February 11th, Cyrus once again cuts a... a he just he goes in on Gertner and brings the dups to the to the ring. Remember them? They're they're still here. Jake and Eli. Yep, that's right. He tells us the network uh, are not concerned about RVD's leg and that the television title must be defended on TNN. As Van Dam can't defend the championship, Cyrus has decided that his buddy Spike Dudley will defend it tonight in his place against the Dups in a two-on-one handicap match. Spike actually defeated the Dups in 20 seconds after a double acid drop. Wow. <laughs> then, <laughs> then pinning, then pinning both men piled on top of each other. Wow. <laughs> now, now, in fairness to Spike, as silly as that sounds, this dude did just withstand the full brunt of Mike Awesome. I have no doubt that he could handle dudes that have only popped up with a brief talking run in on a pay per view. Yeah, totally. No, I agree. I think you're right. February 18th, Cyrus announced that he and the network have decided the TV championship needs to be defended on TV and they won't wait around for Van Dam to heal. Without the whole effing show, they have no effing show and states that ECW will strip Rob Van Dam of the championship. So on the 25th of February, Cyrus says he will hand the TV championship to Rhino as he was the last man in the ring when RVD broke his leg. He says that Paul Heyman will present him with the TV championship belt and he wants him to bring him a coffee. Heyman comes to the ring carrying a belt, which is clearly one of the tag team title belts that he is trying to not show to the camera. After berating Heyman, Cyrus screams for him to give it to me, which which results in Heyman hitting Cyrus in the head with the belt, leading to Rhino goring Heyman with a gorgeous gore until Enter Sandman plays. The Sandman versus Rhino went to a no contest when Tajiri ran in to spray green mist in Sandman's face. Is that a great idea? Character reinvention? If he ever wanted to become like a ladies' man, be ravishing Rick Rhino. (laughs) Oh. Oh, 
all you got to do is get all you got to do is get drunk Santa Claus Rhino from the Talking Smack, where he's out in a Santa suit with no shirt under it, rubbing yeah. cookies on his nipples, giving Renee Young and every woman that came to the desk the eye. That's it. That's gorgeous Rhino right there. That you you should go watch that. That is the best fucking thing on the network ever. Because I don't know what he's thinking. Now, what kind of sense does this make? So if Rhino was the last guy in the ring with him, then he should get the belt. So if Mike Awesome got injured the day after living dangerously, like on uh, picking up his luggage from, you know, the fucking airport, then <laughs> my back, then the world title goes to Kid Cash. <laughs> what kind of this bullshit? Are you scared? <laughs> God damn it. You know, guys, I think this ball with the ball song has the chance to become a classic. It's either Kid Cash or the TV spot for Gladiator. <laughs> My name is Kid. March 10th, Cyrus announces a TV title tournament starting tonight and demands someone bring him the belt. Fonzie comes to the ring where Cyrus cancels... Um, ECW on CNN with immediate effect, and that next week will air Extreme Championship Shuffleboard. <laughs> that is the best. It's extreme. Rob Van Dam. Extreme. I, I really hope that was Cyrus ad libbing. I, th- I hope that was an ad lib. Uh, Rob Van Dam comes to the ring carried by Scotty Anton in the same manner that Big Sal carries Little Guido. After a passionate promo, Van Dam agrees to forfeit the belt to keep ECW on TNN. He drops the belt to the mat and tells Cyrus, good luck finding someone to fill the shoes of the standard I set as the ECW World Television Champion. The segment ends with Rhino running in to gorgeously gore Bill Alfonso. Rhino pinned Spike Dudley following a pile driver in a TV championship tournament quarterfinal. This would be Spike's last match before knee surgery. And finally, on March 12th, the television uh, title tournament quarterfinals, Little Guido defeated Kid Cash, Super Crazy, oh, and Super Crazy beat C.W. Anderson, and the Sandman beat Tajiri. So that's how we got to this point in terms of who was winning what. So... Yeah, interesting. So that leads us to our yeah. next one here is Little Guido versus Super Crazy in this next rung of the TV title tournament. Last match was, uh, was that Jason? That, or who did That the was one? me. Yeah, so Charlie, take us away. <sighs> well, it's basically the same match that we see every single time with these two, except there's some stakes involved. Um, I... I really like the super crazy jumping off the barricade or the guardrail and uh, little Guido catching him in his arm bar. I yeah. like that they moved yeah. that spot to the outside yeah. this time. Um, so Sal gets involved and <laughs> he starts like trying to tie up super crazy with his belt. He's like, he's trying to tie up super crazy with a belt. And Cyrus goes, yeah, you, could, you could probably tie him up about 18 times with that belt. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's, it's good. It's, you know, yeah, whatever. Uh, I, it sucks that little Guido can't quite seem to find any momentum. But I love Super Crazy, so yeah. I, I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, it's a good match. I, I'd, I'd, I'd give it a six. Okay. And, I mean, I, I, the length of the match also being short tells it's you that, like, they, they need to... They need to keep some some well, fuel in the tank for later well, on. Well, that's true, too. Like, that's an interesting point. Um, I remember uh, I ordered this pay-per-view, and I was actually really surprised. This pay-per-view ended. It started at 8 o'clock. It ended at about 10, 15, 10, 20. Wow. This is a very short pay-per-view. Wow. Uh, yeah. If, 
I believe it's only two hours and 16 minutes on the version that we had. Yeah. So, yeah, like, it's not like they were running out of time. No. No. So What'd I, you rate it? I'd give the match a six. Six? Okay. Uh, Martin, comments, rating? Yeah, um, it was the same match again, and familiarity does breed contempt. But even that, it's still a good, watchable, cruiserweight-style match between them. So I actually gave this a six again. It could have been a seven, but if it wasn't for the fact that my first note is, oh, fuck, again? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, they still hit all their spots. The armbar counter on the outside is great. Um, Got anything else? Oh, um, Cyrus does reference the Famasa when Guido does his Sicilian slice or whatever it is. He says, that'll make you famous, sir. (laughs) I didn't catch that. That's good. (laughs) Um, they also make a Bobby Heenan joke, I think, at some point as well. Yeah, yeah, they do. But, but yeah, it... Oh, yeah, Joey says, yeah, if there was vodka in your glass, you'd be Bobby Heenan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which was, that came out of nowhere. Um, and someone in the crowd spells a, a luchador, L-U-C-H-I-D-O-R-E, <laughs> right on the hard camera, and that really pissed me off. No, it kind of did me too. It's like, this isn't a word that I spell out every single day. Maybe I should... Uh... Maybe I should look it up. Yeah, you know, it's even I would like thinking about it now. Like I would actually do, have a do problem. Do you think like be like think about it also like Danbury, Connecticut? Well, <laughs> they can't pull it up on their phones, and I'm sure these people just got to the arena that day and decided to make a sign. Maybe yeah, but that's if if, the, my thing yep. is if you're gonna take the time to go get a white, you know, cardboard right, and get a marker. Right. You're going to spend this money. Right. No, I agree. And this is going to be I, preserved for all time until we're nuked. Yeah. We, you probably might want to try to spell it. Oh, yeah, sure. No, I think you're completely right. Probably shouldn't be hammered when you're doing it, too. And you have the money to have front row seats. Right. Which I wonder where those Except were. Except for that one guy who had the sign that said, good seats equal I'm broke. Yeah. I wonder how much they cost. <laughs> Dan uh, Rackley, get on that. <laughs> we need Rackley to Damn. get in on that. Um, all right, so... Uh, Jason, fill it out, man. What else did you have uh, for this uh, for this match? Well, I like how Guido went to Paul Heyman and said, "Hey, can you give me one of those cool ponchos like a lot of Mexican wrestlers wear, except make it Italian theme?" And Paul just goes, "Here's a flag," uh, <laughs> and tells him to cut like, the, the the Italian flag and wear it like a poncho. Um, I mean, I'm not like an Italian patriot or anything, but I could be like, "Wow, that's a little fucked up." Um, there is a lot of every time Super Crazy gets going, Guido just puts a stop to it. Like it, Guido looks like a million bucks. Um, yeah. No way in hell am I thinking that Guido has a chance against Rhino, but it would be fun to see uh, because like they they are really doing a good job of of they have made the transition from comedic act to serious. Now they just need to get behind them and get this guy some some major wins. Um, I like how you said, like, it is the same old, same old, but they're stakes. But for me, ECW runs a lot of other shit in the ground. So this is definitely not offensive. Um, I gave this a seven. Okay. I'm right down the middle five. Like, I mean, I, I, these guys have done, I've, I think we've done, they've done better. They've done better, whether it's one-on-one or in uh, three-way dances or whatever. So, but I was happy with at least Super Crazy going over. I'm excited, excited to see him moving on in the uh, tournament here. So we'll see him later on. This next thing's hilarious. This is once again my spell check. 
This is so funny. It, and I caught, I caught, yeah, I caught it most of the time for that one, for, for his name. But I'm just going to, this is what it corrected it towards. Uh, Kenmore, as in your refrigerator, uh, versus. <laughs> Good gimmick. Versus Bald yeah. Mahoney. It's actually, it's pronounced what? Kenamore? Kanamore. Kanamore. Taro Kanamura. Okay. Kanamura. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so Katamura, the Japanese refrigerator Perry. Good job. There it is. <laughs> Who, by the way, has the greatest cover of Danger Zone? Oh man, I mean, I, that's in my notes. I'm like William Rinkin gets to talk about a song that was in Top Gun on a wrestling pay per view. He is super happy. See, so, yeah. So there's that, and then Balls Mahoney has the the. I don't know this version of Big Balls. It sounds like it's being sung by Taz with a British accent. Oh, <laughs> like, that's kind of what it sounded like to me. Oh, God. I yeah, it's bad. The idea of British Taz really doesn't sing with me. <laughs> <laughs> that's the equivalent. Survive of... if I let you. Oh, I yeah. forgot. Boy, that's an, that's the Italian poncho to the Brits right there. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh-uh. I'm not taking that, pal. You, you guys that's want Taz? No. Oi. Survive. I don't need no bloody hot weapons. Me hands is me weapons. <laughs> yeah, a little Dick Van Dyke for you. <laughs> it's dangerously close to that bit from The Simpsons. Fresh in your drink, Governor. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked too much. This this match really doesn't give no, me. No, there's not, not much. Good. Not too much. Charlie, this is this you? Or no, no, no. I think it's Martin. No, Martin, it's right, right, Martin. I'm sorry. <laughs> Charlie's happy to be like, no, no, no. please, God, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> it's, I'm probably going to enjoy this a bit more than some others because, again, uh, Kanemura, I know him as Wing Kanemura, and I'd seen like photos of him because he used to like wrestle on fire and nails and C4. He was in that whole Japanese deathmatch scene that uh, Funk and Foley were in. Um, so for him to just randomly crop up, being played to the ring by Danger Zone was incredibly weird and again another hit of nostalgia and i like the fact there was no fucking about in this match it was just straight to let's do some fucking spots uh kanemura ingratiating to the self himself to the crowd with uh middle fingers like every five seconds as well i seem to really like i actually i want to give this a six okay i got you jason go ahead um, that senton that Kenmore, the refrigerator, gives Balls Mahoney look nasty. Because yeah. that's a short, compact dude. Yeah. And he just came down with every bit of it. Um, the, the crowd starts chanting, sushi sucks, so I hate these <laughs> yes. people. Um, I don't know. Just, Oi! Yeah. <laughs> Oi! Don't give me none of that roll fishy and rocks, eh? Uh, just... Thank God it was. This was short. Um, I mean, it was a hard hitting match, probably one of the hardest non Mike Awesome hitting matches we'll see tonight. <laughs> but uh, it, it just was. Eh, it was just here comes balls. Everybody's gonna sing along with this really really shitty cover of this drunk guy doing ball uh, big balls at karaoke that Paul Heyman taped. I mean, it was that was bad. Like that that cover just turned me off immediately. Um, I give this a four. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, what's your rating? Four. Mine's a four. I I also have four as well. I have nothing um, to say. It's just funny. Like these are two squash. <laughs> they're two squashes, right? This is a squash, basically. Like to see how a squash is done with Awesome and Cash, 
and then see this, which is I, squashed my interest. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like that's how you can see. Like you know, they're matches that can be short but be really awesome. This could have been a really good match. Like I, I, yeah. I think like these are two like Balls Mahoney can have a good match with just about anybody, but either they, there wasn't any time or they just didn't care. Did we get but everybody's rating on that? signals? Do, did, What's up? By the way, did we get everybody's rating on that? Yeah, we did. Okay, I didn't yeah. make sure I didn't mess it up on that. But um, you do like you get the signals here. It's almost like a signs of demonic presence with cattle mutilations and bad weather. You get a short match. Here come the baldies running in on somebody. Yep, here yeah, we go. Just, uh, so yeah, at me when he when he shows up. Yeah. <laughs> Afterwards, the baldies attack balls, which is capped up. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Just capped off the, with a the, the Russian nesting doll set. The baldies, <laughs> and it's they look ca- like they could fit into each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what you're saying is, Stop what you're saying, <laughs> you don't like sushi, but you like these guys all meshing together. I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, all right. So. There's a the backstory here because of course New Jack the and Gar- story. New Jack. <laughs> what? what are you doing? <laughs> New Jack and Garbage are gonna come out in a second, but before they do, that <laughs> perfect tag team. New Jack and Garbage. <laughs> New Jack is just trash. No, no, that's his tag partner. I just because I'm serious. This is worth the read. First off, I just is like it? I like the short declarative sentences that right. Colin gives for these. <sighs> January 16th, New Jack beat Vic Grimes. January 23rd, Angel beat New Jack. <laughs> I have nothing to say. February 6th, DeBaldi's Debal- er, defeated Balls Mahoney and New Jack in Debaldi's a street fight. defeated. <laughs> February 13th, Balls Mahoney and Masato Tanaka beat DeBaldi's. February 27th, Masato Tanaka beat Angel. So here we go. Riveting backstory. At a TV taping in Asbury Park, March 3rd, the first ever exploding barbed wire board match in ECW history. And as he also writes, actually the only exploding barbed wire board match in ECW history between Balls Mahoney and Vic Grimes of DeBaldi's takes place. However, one of the exploding boards malfunctioned, and the other went off well after the impact had taken place. (laughs) And the less... Then devastating explosion was greeted by groans from the over 2,000 fans in attendance. While a shot of the explosion was used in TV ads, the match was supposed to air after living dangerously, but instead was never aired. So, let's dig into this this winner here. This is a Danbury street fight. Don't you love that when geographically, like we we, we associate Chicago a street, street fight? Right. What are the no, chances the that they happen to have? Yeah. What was that, Martin? What are the chances they happen to have a Danbury street fight when they're in Danbury? It's you can't, you know, you can't make it up. Hey, I, I saw Triple H fight Vladimir Kozlov in a Greenville street fight. That's, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not that far off. I went to a house show in Columbia. Edge fought Christian in the main event in a Columbia street fight. Which, I mean, what the hell is that? You, you got to fend off the homeless. Oh, you going down to five points, huh? <laughs> yeah, where you yeah. going? That's what we see my Columbia street fight, huh? <laughs> Will you wake us up, bloody cut you up one good, I will. I, I'm so, uh, man, I'm so, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Martin. I apologize. <laughs> no, just, Martin, just hit us with some Southern impressions and, and we'll call it even. Uh, no, no, that will probably turn up later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's going to save it. So, Jason, uh, you know, have, have, 
Have fun, bud. <laughs> okay, hang on. I got to get myself centered for this. <clears throat> Keep the pants on, though, buddy. Come on. This is, I mean, hey, I mean, this is audio, not television, but come on, man. We don't want to hear any of that. Hey, Hans, what are you doing, man? I've been naked this entire time. Um, pants I'm on. putting pants on. Disconnect. That's what's making me. <laughs> <laughs> Not my fault you guys have overactive imaginations. But uh, don't worry, new, you know, Mrs. Sandman is keeping everything. So new to Jack versus Vic Grimes. What happened? Right. New Jack versus. Well, first of all, I wasn't sure which one of the baldies he was going to fight, considering that Vic oh. Grimes decides to kill himself <laughs> um, to get balls Mahoney. And New Jack, you know, the great big hero, good buddy that he is, waits till after a 400-pound man jumps 15 feet onto a table to come out to help you. I thought that um, was... Yeah. Yeah. And also, I know you just talked about this riveting backstory, but haven't the Baldies beaten New Jack two yep. pay-per-views in a row now? Yeah, yes. Aren't they the yes, king they of the streets now? Yes. So we they should just move on. Um, Why don't they just to... fight in the street? <laughs> they probably did. Just hit him with a car. Just kill him. <laughs> take, take a cue I from still... Piper and Goldie. You know. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> a pre-tape match? Um, no, a Hollywood backlot brawl with the Baldies and New Jack. Um... ECW in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> You'd probably be shot in Vancouver and they tell you it's Hollywood. Um <laughs> The cool thing is, is that Cyrus continues to be incredibly slightly racist with New Jack, um, asking Joey Styles if they're near a police department so they can go ahead and call New Jack, to which Joey Styles just kind of goes with it and says, no, but there's a maximum security prison like 10 miles away, um, which is just, uh, so here are these morons that hate sushi are just foaming at the dick for some New Jack, um, and Vic Grimes and New Jack goes in and does his whole thing. So one of the things that he does is he and and Grimey start cutting each other with a pizza cutter. Ugh. And yeah. So as groany as you were, if you remember that wonderful dad in the white shirt, just if it, it goes to him, he's sitting down with his face in his palms, <laughs> pondering if he's gonna lose his visitation rights. <laughs> <laughs> like i just saw that i was like oh god that guy he is so disheveled because he all his kids are like daddy let's go to wrestling he didn't bother to look up what the fuck he was taking his kids to um to get front row seats the uh climbing to that scaffolding took forever <laughs> to get there then when it happens like grimes puts new jack on the table then he puts another table on top of him, and he goes, "Good, New Jack will just sit there." <laughs> just, just walks away, dusting his hands, and that's the end I of that like, chapter. Well, that's about enough of that, and begins to start climbing up. So the New Jack climbs up onto that scaffolding too. Then they both get up there and awkward paw each other, and then set up for New Jack to turn around to look back to make sure everything was fine before they fall. And Vic Grimes puts his ass on top of New Jack's head like the corpse in the second episode of Ash vs. Evil Dead. Um, just, that is gross looking. I was like, oh, did we just kill New Jack? Um, I hated this. Uh, there's only one way to put it. Utah, oh, you did, huh? Too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where did you put it, Jason? I said two. Two? Okay. Mm. <clears throat> 
Go ahead, man. It's my turn? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you, you alluded to it earlier. Joey Styles, <laughs> when New Jack comes out, Joey Styles goes, Oh, he's coming to the aid of Balls Mahoney. You know, a little late. <laughs> Balls yeah. Mahoney just got massacred. <laughs> Uh, that that spot where the, the ta- you know the spot the table spot with Vic Grimes where yeah. it looks like Vic Grimes inadvertently leg drops New Jack's face right into the concrete. Oh yeah, that that is some horrifying stuff. And every time I see Vic Grimes, doesn't matter what he's doing, he does a flip. Uh, this man should never be doing any kind of flip. I don't even know what they were going for. I don't, this didn't even register as a match to me. I didn't know what we were talking about for a second. Uh, this is just pure, unadulterated garbage. Um, if I had to give this a rating... Uh, honestly, I'd give it a 2 just for that spot, because that thing is memorable. Uh, oh, yeah. That, that thing is incredible. But other than that, no, this is this is bad. Uh, Martin, do you have a... What's your rating for this? <laughs> On virtue of existing, the fact that New Jack... <laughs> New Jack hit a guy in, in the balls with the PlayStation. And the sick laugh that I made when I saw the replays of Vic Grimes' ass swallowing New Jack's head on that table bump. <laughs> Fatality. <Yeah. laughs> Good God. And the, fa- and the fact that I just kept kept referring to Vic Grimes as Frank Grimes from The Simpsons. Oh, in my, yeah. In my um, it's, it's a two... Well, I, like I said, I, I, I found myself laughing at the end of it, and then I felt immediately bad for having laughed at it. I, I want you to vocalize I, that I, for, the, for, for the audience. I gave this a, a one. one. I hated this so much. I, but I do want to talk about... Um, Colin sent some... He looked up some specific notes about the bump. Okay, it is, what happened? Okay, because it is... I, I, I didn't realize it at the time, but then like going back and kind of going through some stuff, I was like, oh yeah, just this... just hate each other. This that thing is... Well, this, this bump stands out. Like, it's actually... You know, one of the things that's remembered a lot, it's probably, in Colin's eyes, and I agree with him, it's probably the most no. it's the thing I remember the most from this pay-per-view, because yeah. it's just so ugly and devastating. But, um, here we go. At the Living Dangerously event on March 12, 2000, the notorious heart, a violent, hardcore wrestler known to the industry as New Jack suffered actual non-kayfabe brain damage and lost the sight in his right eye. Oh, this is... When he lost the sight. When he and his opponent stepped off a scaffold 25 feet in the air to land in a uh, land in an ungainly pile of limbs on the concrete floor, completely missing the tables set up to complete the stunt and legitimately break their fall. When interviewed for the Forever Hardcore documentary in 2005, New Jack was under no illusions as to the culprit behind the botched fall, acknowledging that he'd inad- inadvertently pulled his opponent Vic Grimes down from the scaffold too early. People often make the mistake of thinking New Jack is a cartoon nutjob, a scary, crazy gangster of a man who people should give a wide berth. In point, in point of fact, he's an intelligent, articulate man who just happens to have a violent, unforgiving temper and the capacity to hold a grudge longer than a Middle Eastern government. When New, Gr- when New Jack heard, when New Jack heard that Grimes was taking the taking the credit for his injuries, he knew that payback would have to be a complete bastard in a rematch. Between the two men for extreme pro wrestling. New Jack would throw Grimes from yet another scaffold 30 feet in the air. This one placed above the ring. Learning from the mistakes of the previous incident. Yet again, the fall didn't go as planned. Grimes (laughs) Grimes only landing on two of the 12 tables beneath them dislocating his ankle in the crash it was assumed that in new the jack crash? 
It was assumed it was assumed that New Jack had tried to kill Grimes, mm-hmm. and the man himself certainly claimed that that was the case, saying he deliberately he had deliberately thrown him far enough to hit the ring post. But the video from the incident clearly shows Grimes making the initial push off the scaffold. Whatever the case, guys, a rubber match is absolutely not necessary. Can't we just call it a draw? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I just like the the two out of twelve. It's like a meat, you know, the meatloaf song. Two out of twelve ain't bad. <laughs> Man, it's it. I mean, it's. I'm so glad that they were just like, all right, this is over. Like, we're not gonna try and do anything else with this. Yeah, because I don't even think that was on a pay per view. No, that Vic Grimes uh, no. spot. I'm just glad they moved on from. Well, it, I think it was, but for a different company. Oh, right. extreme yeah, yeah. pro it wrestling. It was. Yeah, XPW like the ECW knockoff. The basically the West Coast ECW knockoff. West Coast. Because so well, no, they were booked. They were booked by Shane Douglas, who just redid ECW angles. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I want that. Maybe that's season that four. Sounds interesting. Just, ah. mm. <laughs> no. You want more Shane Douglas? <laughs> Turn the. You want it? <laughs> Joey and Cyrus are concerned about Grimes and New Jack. They recap the triple threat tag match, as well as RVD's injury that caused the TV title to be vacated. All the while hearing NWA still playing in the background, which I thought was awesome. <laughs> they just kept the music playing. <laughs> so now we head into an intense backlog of, of story here. We have the triple threat tag team match Martin's for the favorite. tag team titles between the Impact players, Masato Tanaka and Tommy Dreamer, and the current ECW tag team champions, which you didn't mention this earlier, Mike Awesome, Holds both the WWF or the sorry the WWF title, God dang pal, he holds ECW World Heavyweight Championship and one half of the ECW Tag Team Championships with Raven. Okay, it's like someone just hit random on the controller, and these are the partners yep. they came up with. Okay, here we go. On January twenty first, the Impact players say they won't defend the tag titles tonight. Doring and Roadkill come out and say they will defend the belts against them. Dreamer and Raven come out, which leads to Danny Doring and Roadkill beating Raven and Dreamer, following Rhino running in and pile-driving Dreamer. During the match, Don Marie clocked Francine in the back of the head with something, which led to Raven taking her to the back. January 28th, promo with Raven and Francine in the locker room, where Raven is slouched in the floor depressed and says he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to wrestle in the tag match with ta- uh, Tommy Dreamer tonight. February 4th, the Impact players have a promo in a hot tub that looked more like the shallow end of a small swimming pool. They state they want to defend the belts night in and night out, but don't want to defend them against inferior opposition. Don Marie goes to get naked at the end of the promo, but Jason cuts her off by removing his towel. I'm sorry. Accepted. Don Marie looks disgusted. Just Incredible versus Raven went to a no contest after Lance Storm and Jason interfere, hitting Raven with a spike that's inc- uh, with a spike that's incredible onto a chair, they don't pin him, but start cutting a promo until Danny Doring and Roadkill run in. As we cut to a commercial break, ECW on TNN, February 18th, the Impact players destroy Danny Doring, Roadkill, Chris Chetty, and Nova after a tag team match with Kane shots and a Storm pile driver to Doring. Storm was still wearing his tag belt while hitting the pile driver. It's awesome. February 25th, Tommy Dreamer calls out Raven, but instead some random music plays and Francine comes to the ring. She defends Raven, hitting her with a DDT. The Impact players come out to watch. This leads to them challenging Dreamer to find a partner and they will give them a tag team title match. Francine announces Raven as Dreamer's partner. 
The Impact players beat Dreamer and Raven to retain the tag team championships when Dreamer pinned, I'm sorry, when Credible pinned Dreamer following a spike that's incredible on a chair. During the match, Raven throws powder at Storm's eyes, but he sucks, and Dreamer gets it in the eyes instead. A blinded Dreamer hits Francine with a DDT. Raven then carries Francine to the back, leaving Dreamer in a two-on-one. March 3rd, Dawn Marie interrupts a shouty Masato Tanaka promo in Japanese as she can't concentrate. This leads to Tanaka grabbing her head and getting assaulted by the Impact players. Francine accuses Dreamer of DDTing her on purpose and that Dreamer has been trying to get rid of her for months. She asks him if he thinks people pay to see your ass or my tits. She tells Dreamer he isn't talented enough to stay in ECW and she is why he is over. Francine tells Dreamer that he may need her, but Raven wants her. After Francine slaps him, Tommy responds, as he always does with women, by attempting to pile driver her before Raven makes the save and lays out Dreamer with a DDT. Raven leaves with, with Francine. The Impact players attack a laid out Dreamer until Masato Tanaka runs in, leading to Tommy Dreamer and Masato Tanaka beating the Impact players to win the ECW World Tag Team Championships when Tanaka pinned Credible following a Diamond Dust. And then finally, on uh, March 10th of 2000, the Impact players beat Jado and Gato when Storm pinned uh, Jado following a spike pile driver. Styles announces that the Impact players versus Tommy Dreamer and Masato Tanaka for the World Tag Team Championships will be out living dangerously. Raven and Mike Awesome, though, beat Dreamer and Tanaka to win the Tag Team Championships when Raven pinned Dreamer following an awesome bomb on a table, propped in the corner. Francine was with Raven, and she had a grunge look about her. So, there's a lot moving around there. That yeah. is a lot, a lot of bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, like, it's... Uh, I mean, it wasn't. I, I was so happy when the Impact players won the belts, and then immediately they have to have them taken off of them. So I feel like Fred Savage and the Princess Bride, and you're Peter Falk, just reading me that story, buddy. <laughs> yep. So it was long. Uh, Charlie, well, uh, welcome back. <laughs> do how, you, how you doing? Why don't you? What do you think? Uh, walk us through this. This one's kind of interesting here, at least for. Is it? Well, part of it here. Well, yeah. I think part of it. <laughs> I mean, mm, I, I, I love everyone in this match, <clears throat> with the exception of Tommy Dreamer. But uh, <laughs> and that's only because I've, he, it's just the same shit every single time. Uh, I, I like the initial concept of the way this works, which is it's going to work just like a regular three-way dance. There are no tags. It's just pure chaos. Uh, the problem is uh, Mike Awesome and Raven are eliminated, and then it becomes a tag match. Why? Yeah. Well, no. Oi! Oi! <laughs> you know how WWE's got that new book coming out? The, the rule book. Yeah. Just, well. There should be a forward in there by you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 we have rules now. Oh, oh there's okay. an ECW version that is just like scrawled on the back of a packet of cigarettes. <laughs> Doesn't it say rule number one? There are no rules. Right. Rule number yeah. two, still hide weapons from the ref. And Gerald Briscoe is now the timekeeper. Since when? it's hmm. it could have been worse it's 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 quite enjoyable at times uh to be honest but um 
I, I just can't get too excited for something like this. I want to see the impact players like actually have a good run. Yeah. Uh, with these things, and you give it to Mike Awesome and Raven. What? Yeah, and it's weird. Like you're using Mike Awesome as like, and because you have this whole BS with Dreamer, Raven, and Francine that's in the mix of this too. Why not give it to Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka? That would have been cool. Like, like yep. that would that would add a new dimension to their blood feud. That had a damn good dimension. Yeah. Goddamn. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> but like, what's the point of doing this? Are you, are you are you trying to build up a Mike Awesome Raven match? No, you're not going to do that. I know you're not going to do that. So to team up Masato Tanaka. With Tommy Dreamer, I, I I don't I don't understand this at all. Um, are you trying to make Mike Awesome a Triple Crown winner? Like possibly like have him do this and then beat Rob Van Dam for the TV title? Like was that the initial plan? I have no idea. It's the match is fine as is, but I I was left with more questions than answers, so I'll give it a five out of ten. Five, okay. Um, let's move it to Martin. What'd you think of this? As far as multi team matches go. <laughs> which is probably my standard answer for this. This is the kind the the opening minutes of this are the kind of stuff I can get behind because as Charlie said it is just pure chaos. Which is kind of what these matches provide. But yeah, none of this seems to make any sense other than just to get all these people in a match. Surely there are easier ways to put the belts back on Credible and Storm <laughs> rather than this. It's fine for what it is, but yeah, that's as soon as Awesome and Raven are out, I really just stop caring. So, yeah, it's. I suppose it's a six for the fact that Raven tries to put Tommy Dreamer through a table twice. Yeah. And it still kind of doesn't come off. But yeah, there's there's just there's very little to this. It's for all of that build up. None of it matters. Just fucking none of it matters. I, and, I, and I feel that way a lot because uh, we ended right where we ended last time with Guilty as Charged. Like, we have the Impact players as the champs. That's the way it should be. So why did we have to go through all this just to have a, have the belts right back on them? So. And as we'll see next month, it just seems like they rushed basically what could have been a six-month storyline with those two and, yeah. and condensed into two. Martin, would you give it as a rating? Uh, I gave it a six. six. I was slightly higher on it than Charlie. Jason, how about you? It took you longer to read the backstory than the match. I mean, like, it, and I'm not talking about for slow. Like, it was just like Martin said. It's a lot of build up for nothing. Um, Raven and Dreamer are out within like four minutes, and it, there's not a lot of memorable moments other than Raven trying to face fuck Tommy Dreamer with that table. Um, because he puts him right on that corner, and that's the only part that breaks. Uh, Tanaka's double stunner on the Impact players was kind of cool, but the uh, then it's just over, and it's like all this 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 woman's with me, this woman's with me. It's just you know more Tommy Dreamer stuff. It's like they just did the Beulah story in reverse, and it just uh, I don't know. It's just like I'm I'm really sick of it. Three, three. <laughs> Killed it. I like it. Um, I gave it a six as well because I like the energy in the match. I, I felt it was interesting that they tried to recreate the same thing from the Taz, uh, Tanaka, awesome thing by let's have the champs get eliminated like immediately. Yeah, so then that way, that. you know, they did they, they recreated that spot. The passion of Tommy Dreamer part 10, you know, I, I, I can't say enough how over I am of seeing him just get bloodied up and just want to just get beat on some more and it just goes nowhere. 
most of the time. Except, well, it does go somewhere. He loses. Uh, but, He's a loser. But, you know, I, I again, like, the, the energy of the match, like, the, the players involved are are good wrestlers, so they have enough to kind of keep them moving. But 6 out of 10, it's all right, solid, but not more I'd give it from there. Afterwards, Cyrus runs into the ring and congratulates the Impact players on the mic and introduces the TV title tournament finals and his favorite, Rhino. Steve Carino and Jack Victory aren't far behind. Heyman comes out angry about the network. He goes full Shane Douglas on Cyrus when Gertner comes out to relieve Paul and uh, get some vengeance of his own. Why does everyone want the network to go down? Like that—that's why I think it's so. Oh, it gets better and better. I, I just—it's just so it's, weird. It's like this is. I've got more to say next time, yep. but it is incredibly petulant. Some of the comments on the next show—it's just are unbelievable. But Bert, but Gertner brings out his guy who is super crazy. Now that's a pair. Here's your. <laughs> so this is kind of ECW's version of the corporation storyline. I guess so, yeah. So yeah. Vince yeah. wanted The Rock, who, you know, handsome, chiseled, looks like he's a Greek god. And, the, and TNN, the Nashville network, wants Rhino. Looking the way he does. Yeah. <laughs> he could be a Greek god. Just, you know, lower tier, like Dionysus. Aren't all gods on the. Well, Rhino Katsopoulos? He's Jesse. Ravishing Rick Rhino. He's, Jay, he's Jesse Katsopoulos' brother. No, no, no. Uncle Jesse. There's another uh, Uncle Rhino. Uncle Rhino? He's, he's spears, the only babysitter left? It's like he Uncle Spears Buck. Michelle out of the door. <laughs> you got it, dude. How rude. I'll show you rude. Kimmy Gibbler's here. Kimberly Gibbler's gone. Kimmy Gibbler, <laughs> Gibbler gets the pile driver through the table. Yeah. <laughs> she gets the sandwoman treatment. Yeah. Bite his tail. <laughs> average Mike, above average Mike Sanders rolls in and everything's good. Uh, oh, I miss Below Park. So, uh, Martin, the main event is yours. This is the finals of the ECW TV title tournament. Rhino versus Super Crazy. Take it away. Yep. Um, I like me some Rhino. I like me some super crazy. I thought I would absolutely love this. I kind of don't. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Um, it's it's fine for what it is, but I think the point with this loses me isn't the match itself. It's the fucking fans when they start chanting "We want Sandman." Yeah. It's that pisses me off because it's. I know it's the plot and it's this is where it's going, but. These two guys are really trying in the ring. They really are. Um, is ECW I mean, making new stars? Yeah. Yeah. This this is precisely what it is. They're giving a chance to two guys, and all the fans can do is chant for, you know, the drunk guy. But in in their defense, <laughs> since pay per view one, this has happened where yeah. one of the big ECW heroes is taken out in some form or fashion early in the show to return at the end so i mean yes it's annoying but it's like it's that's just par for the course yep um yeah um <laughs> i've got a bit where the crazy billy kidman's rhino so i assume he escapes from a power bomb <laughs> <laughs> don't try to power bomb billy kidman <laughs> don't backdrop triple h <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't, idiot <laughs> Uh, Rhino goes himself through a table that becomes a uh, a fixture um, then Tajiri happens and everything is fantastic um, 
A tree of war gore. A tree of war mm. gore, should I say. <laughs> a, a gore to super crazy who's in the tree of war. Tree of I war. imagine that fucking sucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not only you upside down, you've got a guy like Rhino who's can you... like really really stocking comp. This is WrestleMania back, Day, like, of course, comp. but can you imagine and if, if Brock Lesnar's in the tree of war and Goldberg speared him? <laughs> First of all, I just wanted to wonder how... Brock Lesnar winds up in the tree of woe. Like, He's like, not going to the like, top. Like Brock Lesnar is one of those guys. I don't think you can do a move to him like the tree of woe or the ten count, where he just sits and waits <laughs> for stuff. He'll give you the green mist instead. Brock Lesnar's like, <laughs> oh, dude, that would be amazing. Just, shit, he can do anything. <laughs> no, that's just puke. He's just puking up Jimmy John's. It's his green misses his diverticulitis. Watch out. If you get it, you are going... fucked. <laughs> How long over under before do you think Rock will go full Red Hulk before the match is over? Oh dude, it cuz there's no way this match is going to be short. No, it can't be. I hope not. I don't think they can get away with this again. I'm willing to bet like, if anything what would be cool is if it started with a spear and a jackhammer and Brock kicked out. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah. do that. Now we got to do ball Exactly. Game. Do Here that. Here we go. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> All right. So, uh, Martin, finish up because there's definitely more to this match. So, we got Tajiri oh, coming God, out. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Keep going. Oh, God, yeah. Tajiri, co- Tajiri comes out. Tajiri interferes. That's fine. You're newer, newer guy to the main event. Then RVD comes out and it becomes One Night Stand 2005. Yeah. <laughs> he gets carried on Scotty Riggs' shoulders. Fucking Scotty American Males Riggs. Mm-hmm. Looks huge. He's, out. <laughs> He's almost unrecognizable. He's Scott Steinard himself. Yeah. Yeah. He's now in RECW main event. Um, Gotta give props to RVD for coming yeah. out there with that leg like that. Dude, it's insane what he it, does. It really is. I was like, okay, what's he really going to do? Punch? No, he fucking takes like a he gives a, a flapjack. He delivers a yeah. flapjack. Were Were you waiting on him to do a Van Daminator with the ankle brace on? <laughs> oh God! You can't deny um, his work ethic. No. Yes. Yeah. And then, true to form, the Sandman comes out. Um, after Super Crazy somehow manages a pin. Oh, uh, Moonsault, and the, uh, he pins Rhino. And then that immediately gets forgotten because the Sandman comes out and canes Rhino. Yeah, Sam, Sandman really timed this well. You know, he's at the hospital with his wife. ECW, this for, for a pay-per-view, this ends relatively quickly. He, yeah. he, he made a pretty good guess as to when to leave the hospital. Yeah, perhaps he's just got, like, I don't know, Sandman sense. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he just looks up and looks into the middle distance wistfully and just goes... It's just 30 minutes of the PPV. <laughs> and then he just goes. <laughs> were you cops thinking chasing that him he was going to... <laughs> like in that last show. Were you thinking... Yeah. Were you thinking he was on the way, like, going to do his full entrance and drink the beers, even though he should be ready to murder yes. this person? Yes. yes, I did. And I did not want that. Oh, thank God it didn't happen until after. Yeah. And then poor old Super Crazy is there celebrating with the belt and the Sandman's themes playing. Oh, yeah, it's Super like, Crazy oh, you... won the match. Yeah. And the title. He won the yeah. TV title. And all he gets for it is just, he's just kind of there. <laughs> Nina Sueño. It's a boyhood, boyhood dream in Spanish. I wish somebody would have called that on the mic that they would have done that. Because it was so cool. It was Super Crazy winning the. Yep. The, yeah. That's the guy we know. I mean, I don't. I don't know the rest of ECW history up to this point, but after this match, I mean, I'm pretty sure Super Crazy's not getting the belt. 
Correct me if I'm wrong. He's not winning the ECW World Title. No. Okay. I've safe to say he should so, have won this title. I mean, that's what was so cool about him getting the TV title because his last year was awesome. He had a great '99 in terms of those. You know, they kept throwing him in those three ways, or he was going off one on one against Little Guido or for um, Tajiri. But damn, those were good matches. And makes you wonder what could have happened if ECW stuck around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. What they could have what they could have become. So um, overall, with all that being said, Martin, would you give the match? It's it's okay as main events go. It's it's a, it's a seven, but it didn't go any higher than that. Because again, it's you know Rhino and Super Crazy. I thought I'd be, you know, spooging over this, but all of the bullshit and all of the stuff with the fans, like a third of the way through, started chanting for a guy who isn't you know isn't there, kind of pissed me off. So it gets a seven. Seven for you, Jason. Comments, rating. Go for it. Um, I also didn't like, or I, you know, with Martin, I echo those sentiments exactly with the people starting, but, you know, I explained why I think they were doing that. It's because they're conditioned to just expect it. Um, the There are too many guys around the ring, and this is before Tajiri and Rob Van Dam come out, that mm-hmm. are, I mean, Steve Carino and Jack Victory are full on just in the crowd's face and getting the attention off of the match when it's two guys that are main of like their first main event of the you know pay-per-view for this company and it's a title match and it's the end of a tournament so i mean it should be that should be important i mean yes you're a heel go out there and like you know just flip them off do something but don't be taking their attention away from it for such a long amount of of time I, I wasn't a fan of that. They're too busy trying to get themselves over than to let the match get people over. Um, RVD coming out riding on Scotty Riggs is really funny. Um, just, you know, that someone should just, you know, do a Photoshop of Scotty Riggs' head on a Tauntaun. Um, <laughs> just, you know, cutting them open. Um, the Sandman showing up to not save the day, but to take all the the thunder off the end of that match was kind of annoying. Um, Rob Van Dam was still fantastic coming out. One, I mean, one, a one-legged man at Atkinson contest is going to have a good chance if he's Rob Van Dam. Yeah. Um, and it showed. But just wasn't a big fan of this. I gave this a five. Five for you? Okay. Charlie, what'd you have with this? Five. One? Five? Yeah. Any other comments? No, super crazy deserved better. He, he, uh, he was completely overshadowed. But like I, yeah, like I said, he doesn't keep this title for long, and Rhino, honestly, he needs this more than Super Crazy does, and right. and he gets it. Right. He just doesn't get it here. Right. Therefore, it, it's less memorable. It should have been Rhino. Right. And then you got RVD and Rhino, and what's going to happen with these two? Hey, I, I love that Super Crazy got it. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't his time to get it. It was Rhino's. Um, I can't believe the like. We said the flapjack. He takes a body slam, and and yes. I mean, and even Ryan was trying to be as generous as he can on that body slam. But I can't believe we're only a couple months after it happened. A broken ankle, you know that's that's incredible. So like I, RVD coming out. Granted, it was just for pops, but the amount of business he did in that ring, <laughs> he shouldn't have had to do it. But I ended up. I think I gave this a seven. You know, again, like I, there was nothing outstanding on this pay per view. Like, that was like, wow. Like, I don't think anything got above seven for me. I don't think overall anything got above seven for anybody, right? No. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Um, I never even had a seven. So, um, 
as Charlie, you're you're tallying up stuff. I'm just, I'm post-show rambles here, as um, and we're gonna get into this with next show uh, a lot more. But we'll go ahead and throw in the tease for now. This is Mike Awesome's last pay-per-view appearance. Ah, so I just lost count. What? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Really? We did season one. Like, you know this. Well, I don't remember when it when shit happens. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But no, it's, this is this is what gets interesting now. Now is where we'll really intersect a lot with where the new blood started in um, in WCW. So, um, though Raven is still around for a few more months, he isn't on any more pay-per-views. So, that'll be uh, interesting here. So... As he's uh, as Charlie's still tallying it up. Overall, just some overall thoughts on the show. Jason, in one sentence, what would be your line of this uh, of this pay per view? What would you say about it? Sick and fucking tired of the same old shit. That's fair. I think that is fair. Martin, what would you say? Yeah, I echo that. The the ECW of two thousand is very very similar to the ECW of nineteen ninety nine, and very similar to the ECW of nineteen ninety eight. I got it's you. It's the whole. Thing. And again, the next show, Hardcore Heaven, has a lot more to say, you know, to say about this, but you can feel the promotion starting to burn out. Yeah. There's just I, a, an air of it. There is. And I think, like, you had a line for that next show where you talk about where Heyman's, like, the way Heyman is acting. And I think that echoes perfectly, you know, what you're saying about, like, uh, how it's even coming across on the viewer side of things. So. I mean, like, that's the thing, like, even though, like, clearly, like, the, it seems like the in-ring work is better than it is in WCW. Clearly, like, clearly, when we go back and look at season one, like, overall. This is all still better than that. Yeah. There, there would be one to two things, I would say, on average, per pay-per-view that we reviewed that we liked. Like, there were a couple things here and there. Some stuff we knew about, some stuff we didn't, and that's what made it neat. ECW show, on the whole... Like the the work is much better, but at the same time, like the story and the storylines and all the the character stuff in between is still, I'd say, just barely treading water above where WCW is at this point. So now let's look at it just from a number side, Charlie. Go ahead. How did we how did we do on this one? Uh, okay, so here we go. Um, on a scale of one to ten, I gave the show a four point six, and this is based on match rating. Okay. Jason gave it a four point two. Martin scored at the highest at a 5.4, and you gave it a 4.8. Our average rating for ECW Living Dangerously 2000 on a scale of 1 to 10 is a 4.8. Cagematch.net had it at 4.4 is where the average ratings are on there for that. You can thank Martin for that. Yeah, God dang, Martin. (laughs) God dang. (laughs) Third coach. Don't don't blame me. Blame Wing Kanemura. Close. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or or Ken, Ken Moore Refrigerators. Ken on Moore. Oh, there we go. <laughs> going, going back to what you were just saying, Will, I thought and was hoping it wasn't just me because the last few pay-per-views I've sat and watched, I feel like I'm trucking through. Me and, too. And, like, that it's an effort. <laughs> and at first I was like, is it this bad? And then I'm, I'm also trying to look at it like, well, we're also watching these ECW pay-per-views like two a month where there were several months in between when they were originally airing. So, it, you know, it couldn't be that exhausting. Maybe it's just um, I'm seeing too much of it and it's getting burnt out because it is like every pay-per-view has at least one impromptu match. Every pay-per-view has some 
just ten minute New Jack beatdown that's not a match, and just some match doesn't happen that's supposed to be there that's advertised, and it's just the same old same old. And I thought it was just me, so I mean, I, I feel a little bit better knowing I'm not the only one. It's yeah, I mean, we're we're watching it probably watching it wrong, but I'm with you. It's I I can see a ve- there's a very clear ECW pay per view template. Yeah, it's clearly. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, I'm wondering now, like how, like, because again, the TNN deal is still, it's, and all all things considered, pretty new still. Yeah, because I they mean, went on the air in what August? Yeah, it's of, of last year. I mean, it's really not that old still. Well, like, as we're not we even see in, in Hardcore Heaven, and it was always kind of a theory that TNN used and Viacom used ECW to get to WWF. Right. Yeah. So. All right, so didn't say at the top of the podcast, but you guys know New Blood Rising podcast is a part of not only the Questionable Endeavor Network, but also 4CR, uh, 4C Radio as well. Um, you can check out both feeds. You can check out both websites at questendnetwork, or questendnetwork.com and then 4CROnline.com as well. Uh, up next for the podcast, we're going to be coming at you in a couple weeks, will be ECW Hardcore Heaven. 2000 and it'll be interesting to see where things transpire based on some of the backstory we got for living dangerously where it goes for hardcore heaven in terms of other plugs i don't have any really jason do you have any i don't have anything coming up i'm i'm getting ready to be like full-time committed to school for the next month because it's the wind down of the semester so martin how about you buddy do you, what else um on your end in terms of work do you have coming out um Nothing like set in stone as far as toy reviews go. I have some really horrible subjects, but it's working up the uh, <laughs> the uh, chutzpah to uh, to tackle them. Um, as William, you're aware, because um, you just got the thing. There is going to be some form of collected edition of wrestling in the Clinton years now. Mm. Um, six months worth of WCW uh, Nitro reviews, yeah. all in one handy sixty-one thousand word. Um, volume um, that's going to be somewhere at some point until I can work out how to how the hell I can make an ebook. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's a perfect year. That is a perfect year. Ninety six is a great great year. I know it's a rated year. Yeah, and it's it's it's, it's 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 basically everything up until the first Nitro after Bash at the Beach. Okay, no, see that's so, and that's what solid is that everyone. I think we all have an idea of Bash at the Beach, NWO forms. The first uh, run Nitro afterwards, where they came out together, and then like kind of a fog of the rest of '96, where it's NWO versus everybody. But it's that first yeah. part of the year where that I, was a uh, big day at school, man. Yeah, man. Did you I, hear what happened last night? No, I don't know. Hogan, you were at school in the summer. Oh shit. Well, no, yeah, no, well, hold on. no, no. It was July. Well, summer school. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's because I, I just found it fascinating to watch the pre. Because to all intents and purposes, wrestling history in 1996 s- starts in the summer. I mean, mm. yes, you've got Mania 12, but it's mostly the NWR, Austin 316. That's pretty much yeah thing. But there is some good and terrible stuff on Nitro before before all that and you know and pay-per-views are one thing but the week-to-week tv makes for fascinating viewing 
A good way to look at it from the WWF perspective is look at what Bret Hart's last match was, which was WrestleMania 12, and then he took a break, and his first match back was against Steve Austin at Survivor Series, and look how much yep. things had changed yeah. in just that short span of time. Yeah, that, wow. Yeah, I can't wait for that, Martin. That's going to be a lot of fun to uh, to go back through and then get that out there, that collected edition been, of it. It's been fun for me because, I mean, I've, you know, these articles were written two years ago, so oh. it's been fun to go back through them all. Yeah. And you said it was 60,000 words? The last word count was 61,000 words. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're only asking for a dollar a word, and you can <laughs> own a copy of Wrestling in the Quinnipiac. God, I wish. We just need to sell one. Yeah, that's it. So, um, that any other uh, Charlie? Do you have anything to plug real quick? Other than the, the movie podcast that, that I'm working on, yeah, uh, which you know that's in full swing right now. Yep, so. you're almost through season. Your first full almost catalog. through my first full, full yeah. calendar season. Which you know, we'll, we'll divulge more on that as time goes on. Other than that, uh, the podcast is available on, I mean, of course, we'd love you to rate and review on iTunes and subscribe. We're also available on uh, Facebook at New Blood Rising Podcast. You can look us up there and submit feedback or just talk to us. And on Twitter, at New Blood Pod. I myself, I'm at William Rankin 83 I'm at the Jason Kiesler. I'm at CM underscore Stabs. And I'm at Bunny Suey Cedar. We'll see you guys next time for ECW Hardcore Heaven 2000. I'll throw your hands in the air.